Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear young parents, for attempting to bring your children to church today. Uh, it is encouraging, and this will be a test for sure. So, But we're going to talk about a different kind of suffering, actually. We do not take a course in school on how to suffer. Think about it. How many of you went through elementary school? Did you have a class on suffering? How about high school? Did you have a class on suffering? Nope. Made it all the way through university. You get a graduate degree, and no one taught you how to suffer. And one of the most important lessons you and I can ever learn is what to do when we're suffering and what not to do when we're suffering. And when Jesus Christ said, pick up your cross and follow me, he meant at least two things. One, he's going to suffer. And number two, Christians who follow him, that we are going to suffer. The question is not, will we suffer? But how will we suffer? And what will we do with our suffering? And what will we do to learn about helping others who are suffering. When it comes to suffering, I want you to think about whatever you're going through right now. How many of you are suffering financially? You look at the economy. How many of you are suffering physically? You've got some physical problems right now. Maybe you're recovering from surgery. Maybe you have an injury lingering. You've got health concerns, a disease, lingering pain. How many of you, your suffering is relational? You've got strained relationships with family or friends. How many of you right now, mental anguish? Maybe you're caring for someone who has dementia. Whew. There's some things that you're really struggling with. How many of you, it's emotional? It's a difficult season for you. How many of you, it's spiritual, and you're wondering where God is and what he's saying and doing right now in your life? My point is everybody you see is dealing with various kinds of suffering constantly. And the suffering is often multi-layered. But suffering has an opportunity to teach us some things about God and how we can become more like Jesus. Oh, it's a big topic. Suffering is complicated. And I don't have to deal with it. I don't have time to deal with it all. But stay tuned, maybe in a couple weeks there's more coming. But as you heard today in the readings, I have a responsibility as a shepherd to prepare you for what is to come. And Psalm 23 reminds us that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil for the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, is with us. So please keep that in mind as we talk about suffering. So number one, you will suffer. Some people think, well, 
God said he loved me. Why am I suffering? Well, even God himself suffered. God became man and he suffered and died on the cross. And part of life in this earth includes suffering. So you will suffer. Number two, your suffering is complex and it's multi-layered. There could be multiple things happening at the same time that are causing suffering in your life. Number three, you're not always a victim. Now, sometimes you are, absolutely. That one's obvious. We're not going to deal with that one. But sometimes suffering chooses you, but sometimes you choose suffering. You're not always a victim. Sometimes suffering chooses us, and sometimes we choose suffering. And sometimes, to be honest, it's a little bit of both. Now, what happens when we're suffering, we're, we like to see ourselves as victims. And why is that? Well, because it elicits sympathy and compassion from other people. And sometimes, dare I say, that it allows us to get away with things that we otherwise wouldn't if we weren't considered the victim. And this happens. And sometimes what happens is if you are suffering and part of it is your own doing, if all we ever do is just take our suffering and assume that we're only victims, we'll lose the opportunity to deal with the reasons that perhaps we contributed to our own suffering. So, whether suffering chooses us or we have a part in our own suffering, doesn't matter. We can always choose what we do in our suffering. And this is what I want to talk to you today about. When suffering comes, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to respond to it? Now think about this. The most helpful and the most harmful people in our world have one thing that they share in common, and that usually is great suffering. Think about it. The people in your life that have been most helpful to you have they been through some really complicated, difficult, painful seasons? Usually they have. They've walked through the valley of the shadow of death with the Lord. They're healthy, they're godly, and as a result, they're helpful. They're like, okay, I've been where you're at. Here's what I was feeling. And we have this phrase for those people. We say, you get it. You get what I'm going through. That means, okay, you've been through it. You're ahead of me. Now I'm in it. Now you can help me through it. Those are the most helpful people. They've been through the suffering. Other people that are the most harmful sometimes the most dangerous or even deadly, they've also been through tremendous suffering, but they've not handled it very 
well or in a godly way and they've not learned to help others but to hurt others so I'm going to give you a couple examples Mother Teresa a woman who was known to help a lot of suffering people you're like if I'm having a bad day man I'd really like a visit from Mother Teresa right she's as nice as it gets she was just this itty little bitty thing of a woman she's gone home to be with the Lord but she had great strength and power because true strength and power is not based upon your size but the Spirit of God in you and she loved the Lord and so I did some research and I was wondering what made Mother Teresa Mother Teresa when she was a little girl she went through tremendous suffering she was very close with her dad she was a daddy's girl they loved each other great relationship and at age eight her dad died and as I was reading about her her mom knew the Lord and did a really good job helping her work through the pain and loss brought her to church taught her to read the Bible taught her to pray brought her to Jesus she said you know what Jesus conquered death daddy is with Jesus someday you'll be with Jesus you'll get to see daddy again what can we learn from this Jesus suffered for you how can you become more like Jesus through your suffering and she grows up and becomes Mother Teresa how about another example who's the greatest it's not the right word who's the most notorious serial killer in history modern-day history I looked it up it's a British guy his name is Harold Shipman he's the most notorious serial killer that we are aware of 218 victims and they think it's probably closer to 250 they're not sure about he was a doctor who gave lethal doses of diamorphine to patients signed their death certificates and falsified medical records to indicate that they were in poor health when they really weren't Harold Shipman Mother Teresa same experience when they were young he was a mama's boy he and his mom were very very close and when he was 17 years of age his mother finally died after a lengthy battle with illness she was sick and in decline for some years once his mother died he spent the rest of his life taking the pain that he watched his mother experience and inflicted it on others until it took their life like it took her life rather than alleviate pain he multiplied pain and this is the difference between walking through the valley of suffering with the Lord and being led by the Spirit and going it alone this is the difference between bringing it to the Lord and not bringing it to the Lord this is the difference be because the truth is we all go through sometimes the same experiences or the same categories of suffering 
but how we respond determines the trajectory we take in life and the legacy we leave after this life. How many of you, the most harmful people in your life, have been through tremendous suffering? You look back on experiences in their life, their past, and you realize their reasons that they are the way they are. They're not excuses, but those reasons could be overcome by the grace of God, right? And this is what Peter teaches us in his letter. 1 Peter 4, 1-2, I'm just going to summarize it, you can read it there. Suffering comes to you, you've really only got two choices. You're going to respond in the flesh and you're going to sin, or you're going to respond in the spirit and you're going to serve. Suffering comes. It's not if it comes, it's when it comes. And then the decisions you have to make are in the flesh, I will sin. In the spirit, I will serve. And that's where we're going. He's preparing his readers for what is coming, suffering for the sake of the gospel. And I want to talk more about that in a couple weeks. But we need to talk in general about suffering. And he says, since... Therefore, Christ suffered in his body, in the flesh. Arm yourselves also with the same attitude, the same way of thinking. He's like, okay, when you're suffering, you can think about yourself after you think about Christ. That's what he's telling his readers, you and me. Okay, and when you think about Jesus, the first thing you learn, wait a minute, our God, Jesus Christ, he suffered. And what this is, means is before you and I can think about being victims, maybe we have to confess the fact that we are villains. So we always need to put our suffering into context. We've got to have the right attitude. When suffering happens, I got to go up to Jesus and then I need to respond with him being part of the picture and circumstances that I'm in. And what he's saying is this, that when we are suffering, we either respond out of the flesh, sinful nature, or out of the spirit. And every time you have a decision to make, there's only two places that you will go to ultimately determine what your course of action will be. The flesh is your sinful, fallen, rebellious, foolish, self-destructive, self-righteous, excuse-making, fallen nature. Your spirit, that's finding out what the will of God is. It's God's Holy Spirit, the same spirit who empowered Jesus through his life and suffering. So if we're going to talk about suffering and sin that causes suffering, that's great, but let's talk about it all. If we're going to talk about it all, then let's talk about suffering that we caused Jesus. Our God shed many tears, was arrested, tried, falsely accused, beaten, reputation destroyed, murdered for our sins. That means that I'm the villain and that my sin put Jesus on the cross. He did nothing, nothing ever wrong in word or deed, and yet he suffered for me.
The Bible always calls us to consider Jesus Christ who suffered for our sins. And how did he respond? In the flesh or the spirit? Did he respond in the flesh? No. He never did. He always responded in the spirit and served. And Jesus Christ suffered and used the suffering to serve us. And we follow in his footsteps. Psalm 23, 4, Jesus Christ is not only the good shepherd who is with us through the valley of suffering, he's also called, later on in the Bible, the suffering servant, and that's in Isaiah. We read it always on Good Friday, the suffering servant. So Jesus suffers at the hands of Satan, and he was hungry and isolated and tired in the wilderness, 40 days fasting and praying. And Satan came and tempted him. And then later on, we hear about Jesus being attacked by religious leaders. They were filled with Satan. Jesus calls them, your father is the devil. So it's spiritual warfare. And at the end, we see Satan filled Judas Iscariot, who was supposed to be Jesus' bookkeeper and friend. And Judas, been stealing from Jesus for years, betrayed him, participated in his murder. When Jesus is being tried and falsely accused, Peter, who was the leader of the disciples, denied even knowing Jesus. Some people ask, how do I know that God loves me? And we look at the cross, and John 15 tells us, no greater love does anyone have than this, than to lay down their life for their friend. Jesus calls you friend and he lays down his life to suffer so that he can have a relationship with you. The point is that when we go through suffering, people will go through the same suffering experiences and the same heartaches, but the Christian has the perspective of Jesus and the hope of Jesus. So when the Christian is suffering, they ask, what suffering have I caused Jesus? What suffering have I caused others? How can my suffering make me more like Jesus so I can have a deeper relationship and a healthier with him and a healthier relationship with others? For someone who doesn't know the suffering servant Jesus, all they can do in their suffering is become either angry or emotional or self-righteous or self-destructive which is exactly what we're seeing happening in our world, the world we live in. Now, when we're dealing with people who are suffering, and every day you are, you just need to look a little closer. We need to be very careful. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. look at that. Suffering is very complicated and multi-layered. Sometimes we can rush to some remedy. Religious people do this all the time. We rush to a judgment, we throw a verse on it, and then we feel like we're done with the person. Think of Job's friends. Hmm, not good. Empathy, sympathy, compassion, love, hospitality, all these Bible directives mean if you've got someone near you who is going through the valley of suffering, you say to them, 
if you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to go with you. And I'm not going to pretend like I got this all figured out. And I'm not going to say, oh, there's a happy ending. Or there's a part of gold on the other side of the rainbow, because I don't know. I'm not going to just quote verse out of context because I don't know what to say. So I just say the first thing that comes out of my mind. I'm going, I'm going to try and walk with you. And this is the art of Christian friendship. So we'll have a class on suffering 101 and then a 200 level class on Christian friendship. What are you going through? How are you feeling? How are you processing? Who are you talking to? How can I come alongside? How can I help? John 15, 26. If the Holy Spirit is the helper, and the Holy Spirit has been given to me, us, descends me to be helpful. Let me not rush to conclusions as to why this has happened. As I get understanding, let me see if I can bring the appropriate word of God to bear to give you understanding and context, and then let me walk with you so that you're not alone. Don't you find it interesting Jesus took his disciples on a little retreat because they were overwhelmed? At least he attempted to. Early church, most of the Bible is written not to a bunch of individuals who are sitting at home watching church on TV. Nope. Most of the Bible was written to a church where people are gathered together, and boy, do we hope we can get back to that. And it's saying you guys need to help each other because the only thing worse than going through suffering is going through it alone. That's why we're here. That's why we're the church. That's why we're family. It's not enough just to have principles to live by. You need to have some people to live with and ultimately a person to live for. God puts us in relationships so he can use us to love other people, a means of his grace. Suffering is an opportunity to serve, and this is part of our witness to the world because, frankly, people aren't acting like this at all. You watch. Watch the world and the suffering that is going on. Often it's selfish and there's hurting others and they're self-destructing and hurting themselves when they suffer. And we have a God who's with us in our suffering, who suffered and served us, who will gladly carry the burdens of all who put their trust in him. So may we learn from our Lord and our Savior Jesus. Amen.